Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I'm Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we did a little bit of a Q&A. So we had some questions that have been coming in from previous podcasts. I don't know, maybe there were some things we didn't clarify on other podcasts yeah. or not, but some good questions, some thought-provoking questions. So hopefully you guys enjoy the content. And uh, if you have some of your own questions that you want us to answer, go ahead and email those in at podcasts at oneims.com. Enjoy. All right, Taylor, uh, back in the studio for another episode. We're going to do some Q&A today because we're getting a lot of questions. I want to make sure we get back to our audience and I am going to be asking you some questions. You're going to give me the best possible answer based on the questions that I have here. All right, All cool. Right. Feels like a game show. Yeah, it's a game show. So the first one is, again, uh, how do you build a keyword strategy and structure the website in a way that it aligns with those search terms? That's what the question is asking. Mm-hmm. I think it's based on some of our SEO podcast content. How about you try to answer that? And sure. I'll fill in. A lot to unpack there. So the question, I guess you said was, uh, how do you align the structure of the website with your keyword, keyword strategy. strategy? Yeah. How do you okay. build a keyword strategy and structure the website in a way that aligns with those search terms? Sure. So whenever you're doing your keyword research, I think you want to kind of separate your search terms based on intent. And so the way that we separate that is like top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. So when you look at just your bottom of the funnel, most buyer intent related searches, that's where you should start with structuring your website. So the main navigation on your website, if you look at your menu, should be structured in a way that is conducive to actually break down all of those top of the funnel search terms so that there's a, a page dedicated to each topic or theme, right? So for a lot of B2B businesses, just what your service is, and then secondary could be service area if it's like some sort of proximity-based business, right? So break it down by your services as your top menu or navigation, and then each keyword group or keyword theme would have its own dedicated page. If you try to do too much on one particular page, like rank from multiple different, not keywords, but keyword topics, like two different services essentially at once, you're going to probably send the wrong signals to Google or, you know, not be able to really go all in on that one category. So that would be the first thing. And then pretty much everything else I would put in like a blog form. If it's the top of the funnel or middle of the funnel search term, that would all be structured within your blog, which is a lot easier from a navigation perspective of what this person's asking because you have the categories of your blog or the tags, but you wouldn't have to like build out a framework or a sitemap to reach that. So I guess the answer would be break those keywords up, focus on the highest intent, bottom of the funnel, and then see how many of those you can fit into your existing site structure. If not, you need to break out your menu or your navigation in a way that would be structured to do so. So an example would be rather than just have, you know, home about services, you could have home and about and then like who we serve. So you could have industries, right? Or industries that we serve. So you have industry specific pages, services, service page, and then you could have a service area. So now you have service areas. Now you're breaking that out of three different ways. So the same search term, let's say you're a custom metal finishing company, right? You do finishing for metal products, electropolicing, passivation, those kind of things. So let's say you do that. If you just had services, you would have a page for electropolishing, and then you'd have a page for passivation. If you have who we serve or industries pages, then you would have electro polishing for aerospace, for metal, medical, right. uh, medical, dental, like whatever that is. And then if you had a proximity based like 
relationships that you're looking for somebody that's in the midwest or chicago or south in florida or southeast southwest whatever you're looking for you could break that down as well so look at your search terms the keywords search volumes that you're trying to focus on with your keyword research and then look at from user experience what's important to them and how you would break that down the top level everything else would go pretty much under the blog and what i would do is make sure every key every page has a purpose like yeah this keyword is to rank for this term if you don't know what term it is then there's more right yeah aside from your your contact page and then like i said maybe about about us page or careers page everything else should be like if you have if you're looking at that navigation and then you're asking well what do i do with these pages that i have that aren't on my keyword list then you're asking the wrong question because you have the wrong like what are these pages for correct that's awesome hey thanks for listening solomon here are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads, you're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes, Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. Great, great, great answer. All right. So here's the next one. So this one says, should we create a price list and list it on our company website? <sighs> okay. So in direct contradiction to what I just said, yes. you could add a pricing page to your website. I think it is important. It depends on what you do. If everything you do is like a custom price, it's hard to tell because that's for most B2B companies. First thing when I you know, talk to hundreds of business owners, we say, hey, what is your service cost or what is your, you know, how does this, what's the average order size and everything's like, well, it really depends. And it's a long winded, complicated answer. I still think it's important to mention as much as you can upfront because it's 100% going to be important to your customer, right? And they're going to, when the first thing you do when you start to buy things, whatever you're going to buy. You have to have some sort of a budget for it. You have some idea, even if it's just in your head, of what it's going to cost. Um, and so that's when we look at the analytics, when we look at websites, the first tab that people click on, if it's there, is the pricing. So I think even if you're just giving ranges, you can explain on the pricing page, hey, everything we do is custom, but here's the starting price or the minimum or whatever. What you think you're going to do if you're afraid to put the pricing is, hey, we don't want to lose somebody before they even get there. I think you're going to alienate people. Yes, you are going to alienate people. It's going to be the wrong people because they can't afford you anyway. Anybody who's just on the fringe would probably reach out because, you know, hey, we don't know if we can afford it or whatever. But at the same time, you're positioning yourself. You're telling people how much it's going to cost. You're eliminating that part of the guesswork where maybe they might just assume that it's more expensive. Maybe they're going to be delighted when they look at your pricing page. Whatever it is, I mean, your price is your price. So what's the point of, you know, hiding it and trying to lie about it or trying to convince somebody who wasn't going to be able to afford it. Now they can afford it. I think if you have, if you have a software, if you have something that does have a price, put it on the website because it's what your customers want. Yeah. I mean, you can always have like a custom plan, right. 
but there's got to be something that is is what you sell 80 right. percent yeah time. it depends on your industry because yeah if you if it's i mean even then right i'm just trying to think of like you know if you look at construction or something like that where it's like completely custom i mean you could still say hey we don't take on any construction projects that are under a million dollars or whatever right. it is i mean there, there's you could have some information starting range a amount. bracket starting at amount even just have a you could have a pricing page that explains how, how your pricing process yep. works without saying the price it's just something that your customers are going to care about so you you can and should address the, it the world is going towards having more transparency and you don't want to leave you don't want to do all this marketing drive people to think they forget or don't see pricing and they leave well, yeah. So let's put that. Let's say we had a software, right? So let's say we're in our direct competition does have a pricing page and we don't have a pricing page. And so if I'm looking for solutions and I am doing research and I see our website and then you see the competitor site and the competitor site has a price that is within my budget, I might re just reach out to them because you would assume the reason there's no price is that it's expensive. That's the first thing thought that comes to mind is it's got to be expensive because there's no price. And someone who does have the price, if it fits my budget, I might only reach out to them. So like you said, it's the way that it's going. And if your competition isn't already doing that, do it. they will. And you might if they're not, to... you do it first so that you get that right. benefit. I love it. All right. That was two out of three. Here's the third one. Do I need to train and prepare another person in our organization to work with an agency? Right. I would say yes. If the idea that you can just outsource so let's just put this in context. We are a marketing agency, right? So we work with other organizations as a lot of times as their entire marketing department or to kind of augment their existing resources. So the idea that you can outsource all of your marketing, which is going to sound crazy because we're a marketing agency, I think is kind of an antiquated idea that you can just outsource everything. I don't think you can outsource something that's that important to your business. We're talking about the growth of your business, your brand, your online presence, which nowadays is 50% of people's business, if not more. So you can't completely outsource. You can outsource specialized tasks. You can bring in outside consulting to give you another view, strategy. There's a lot that we that I'm confident to say we can bring to the table, even if you do have a full marketing department. But to answer the question is, you need someone internally to know your business, to know your customers to help with things like content creation, to help with strategic goals and vision for the organization, to help with internal buy-in, right? Because a lot of times there's moving parts. You need buy-in from sales. You need buy-in from, you know, CEO. So I think if you're investing into marketing because you believe it is going to be important and you believe it's going to help grow your business and you, you believe in it so much that you're willing to hire an outside professional, and then the part that you're going to skimp on is that connector between your two organizations. You don't want to pay someone to be that connector. You don't want to dedicate it. Then I really don't think you value it enough, right? Because there's so much going on, so yeah. much rides on that relationship that you should have somebody internally managing and facilitating that because it's only going to benefit that relationship, which ultimately will benefit the results that you're trying to get. Yeah, I mean, CEOs are busy people. And they know where they want to go, but they need people that are going to take that vision and articulate it internally, externally. So if you have 20 contractors that are working on it, they all need to be on the same page. Right. Similarly, if it's an agency, if it's your PR company, whoever it is, right, they need to know what are we trying to do? And the CEO can be on every call, can right. be on it. So I'm just saying like it's a great place to project manage. 
where the CEO can lay out the vision, see the numbers, maybe manage the big picture. Yeah. But email newsletter has to go out on Tuesday <laughs> yeah. is shouldn't be his or her problem. Right. It helps with kind of like a mutual accountability of internally that person or department is held accountable because the CEO is holding them accountable for the whole relationship and the marketing agency is going to rely on certain things from them like content information about yep. the company all those kind of things and then the flip side is that if you hire an agency as a CEO that's too busy and you're just like well I don't know what they're doing but you know like completely outsourcing it and like even outsourcing thinking about your marketing it's crazy because again, you're not, it's not just the money you're spending that is being wasted. It's like the opportunity cost of not doing, doing a good job or even worse, doing a bad job and then permanently hurting your right. brand or your reputation. So yes, you're busy. You can't outsource it or you can't think about it. Then hire somebody internally who can think about it and make their job the successful execution of these marketing plans in this relationship. And if it's not that agency or not that vendor, and find another one, but you need somebody internally to be that point person. That's awesome. That's all the questions I got for you today, sir. That's all, all right. came in the mail. Perfect. <laughs> How do you want to close this? Yeah. I mean, we love when you guys send these questions in. So if you have questions, comments, where can people email them, I guess? Send it to how about podcast at one ms.com. Podcast at one ms.com. And then as always, like, comment, uh, and share the podcast. Uh, share it with a friend if you found this absolutely, found absolutely. This, uh, valuable. Go ahead and share it. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you next time. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.